Welcome, Watchmen. I am the Paladin Preacher with Peleus Men's Ministry. Let's jump into tonight's topic. Are you ready? Let's begin. Probably one of the more challenging points that we'll be talking about in this discussion. And this is the harsh reality of becoming a Christian they did not teach you in Sunday school. When we became a Christian, we were misled to believe everything was going to be easy because God's in control. He's got it covered. You're going to be fine. Now, don't disquote me or misquote me, I say. God is ultimately in control of everything. But until the second coming and God takes us all up to heaven, where our lives are renewed, guess who else has power on earth? Satan became the prince of this world when he was cast out of heaven, and he plummeted to the earth with his demonic army of followers, and he will be the ruler in this domain for a time. There are many benefits of going to church and witnessing the Holy Spirit working in incredible ways. The Holy Spirit is meeting people at the perfect time to bring them into knowing Christ by having them confess their brokenness and the longing for Jesus to enter their hearts as their personal Savior. All of that is a victory for God's kingdom. What upsets me is the lack of equipping that comes afterward and after people say, I believe. Churches will typically have a connection service where you can opt in to learn more information. It's a lot like most of us who graduated college and didn't have a clear direction or job offer right out of school, and you receive your I believe diploma, but now what do you do? We waste time whether or not to get involved with something we may not feel called to, or nothing really equates to how powerfully enough to the fire that has been lit within our hearts when we decide to seek out Christ. The other option is to spend money on Bible study programs being ran through the church, then you feel like you're being sold on something that takes advantage of your situation to profit someone else in the emotional standpoint when you say, I believe. For those of you who have kids or have been with someone when they have children in the hospital, I remember when my daughter was born and after the birth, your baby's being cleaned up the nurses come in to do the footprints and they give the babies their shots and you finally get your child placed back in your arms in a swaddle and what seems like you've only been with your child for a few minutes and then they walk in. You know who I'm talking about. The newborn photography. My wife spent about 16 hours in labor to deliver our first child. And neither of us had hardly slept. And my wife was still coming off of the feel-good hormones and the epidural and all the post-labor good feelings that, that you're having. And then they come in. You get the full presentation. You get the sales pitch. You get this, the sample photo album. They give you the pricing sheet. 
you can barely think straight, and now you got to decide whether you want two 8x10 portraits, four 4x6s, eight wallet photos, or do I want nine, a 9x12 with three 8x10s because i got an aunt and an uncle and my mom's going to want one. Becoming a Christian at church feels a lot like this sometimes. Just when you've stood up to say, I believe, and this incredible moment has happened and you're feeling the Holy Spirit and you feel like you can do anything because you have the power of Christ living within you, you get funneled into the next step, which is paying for a program. People need to know the truth and not told that if they want to learn more, they have to continue jumping over hurdles. I don't believe Jesus talked about laying out this type of introductory structure in the Bible, so I don't understand why contemporary churches have adopted this model over the years. I take that back. I think I do know why. I think it's financially based, and it's all about numbers, and your donors are your, essentially your investors when you're a church or even a megachurch. So you have to answer to your donor base to make sure that you're getting enough people in there and generating enough revenue and growing as a business would grow. It's an interesting place we found ourselves. What's the reality of believers? Whether you consider yourself more mature in the faith or a new believer, before you became a Christian, I want you to ask yourself this question. Whose team were you on? Because you weren't on God's team yet. You hadn't even heard about God's team yet. You were on Satan's team, and that's the reality. Think about that. You were on Satan's team, and you just changed sides. Do you understand what happens when you change sides in the midst of a battle? Do you think Satan sits around and says, oh man, well shoot, sorry fellas, uh, looks like we lost another one to the good guys today. Uh, I, I guess there's plenty more where that came from. You know, we'll just, we'll just get back out there tomorrow and we'll, we'll figure it out. No. You know what he says? You're a fucking traitor. You're a sellout. I could have given you everything and anything you could have imagined in this world and you sold me out and you changed sides. You're a traitor. Matthew 4, 8, verse 8 through 11 says, Again, the devil took him up to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All of this I'll give to you, he said, if you will only bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. You chose your God over all these incredible things. What do you think Satan's thinking? Here's what I think he's thinking. I am going to make it my life's mission to ruin you. And I'm not going to stop at just you. I'm going to find everything that you love, everything that you care about, everyone that you hold close, and I'm going to go after them too. 
I'm going to find the weakness that you have. I'm going to exploit it. I'm going to make you feel shame. I'm going to isolate you from everything. Nobody would ever forgive you for what you've done. How could you possibly let God forgive you when he finds out all the shit that you've done? I'm going to attack them, and I'm going to make it my life's mission to make their lives a living hell until you come back to my side. You think this is over, but we're just getting started. I'll see you very soon. That's what Satan's thinking. That's what an enemy thinks. And you have to put yourself in the mind of the enemy if you truly want to understand what's at stake. This is a spiritual war that we are fighting in the midst of. And when you say you believe and you are taking action to follow after Jesus Christ, you have to realize that the enemy is not going to be happy and he is not going to take that lightly. You will become enemy number one. And just because you say, I believe, does not make the rest of what you were doing before you said, I believe, just magically disappear. You are still going to be dealing with that drug addiction. You are still going to be dealing with your binge drinking. You're still going to be dealing with watching pornography. You're still going to be struggling with all the struggles that you had before, but now you can rely on the Holy Spirit for what you're going to be doing in the future. But the enemy is going to use that against you, and he is going to find a way to get in, and he's going to find a way to leverage you and isolate you and shame you and get you to sin, and he's going to tell you that you're not worth it, that no one will ever love you, that everyone should disown you, and that God could never forgive you for the shit that you've done. That's what he's going to try and do, and that's what you have to mentally prepare yourself for. Because if you don't, you are sadly going into becoming a Christian with the wrong mentality. And it's the reason that I'm doing this podcast is that I feel the church has done a disservice by telling people that once you believe in Jesus Christ, that everything's going to be fine because God's in control. I think that is incorrect. God is ultimately in control, but Satan still has a say. And he is going to come after you with everything that he's got. And he is going to know that everything that you've done that's a weakness that you have in your life. And he is going to use that as leverage against you. And you have to mentally prepare yourself for that. So how do we set ourselves up for success? Matthew 10 verse 16 says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Now, throughout this broadcast and through our ministry, either in the classroom or in the training that we do, the watchmen that you'll be sitting with and training with and studying with, we're going to go to a wide variety of historical references, scripture, scriptural commentaries, and biblically-based texts so that we can develop concepts and principles that can be applied in how that we can defend against the enemy, gain spiritual toughness, and fight for the kingdom of God. The reason we do this is because we can safely identify evil and darkness through the stories of others. At times we will go to some dark places and we're going to see how Satan works. 
how Satan maneuvers in the dark times in history. The reason we study is because we have to understand that the enemy will stop at nothing to remove, remove you from God's kingdom. And if he can't have you, he'll try to take as many as he possibly can. And he may not get you today. He may not get you tomorrow. But it's a war of attrition. And he's got all the time in the world until Jesus comes back. Satan has been given a full stop deadline of when Jesus comes again to throw anything and everything at us to break us. The only way to combat this is to study the tactics of the enemy and put our complete trust in the faith of Jesus Christ. We believe with every part of our being that Jesus is the Lord of heaven's armies. You'll learn how to protect yourself and how to put up your defenses. You'll begin developing an understanding of the strong points and weak points in your life. Because chances are Satan is going to attack where he sees weakness. He's not going to attack you where you're strong. He is going to find and prod and poke and search and do reconnaissance work and do scouting work to find the weaknesses in your life. And they will be the weaknesses that you don't see. Quote, in boxing, they say it's the punch you don't see coming that knocks you out. In the wider world, the reality is we ignore or deny the choices in our life. And it's the one that weakens us. It weakens our most impassioned efforts towards improvement. That was a quote by Catherine Dunn, who was an American novelist. So if we choose to ignore or deny the tactics that the enemy is going to use, you have to realize that those are the tactics that, that he's going to use against you. They're the things in your life that you're choosing to ignore or not discuss or try and hide from other people because you're self-conscious about it or you're afraid that people will judge you if they find out or that people won't forgive you if you tell them what's actually happening. They're the things that God wants to help you with and wants to forgive you with and wants to love you through. And we're choosing not to give it to him because we think we've got it under control. And Satan loves that. He loves it when we do that. Because that's exactly what he can use as ammunition against us. That's exactly the weakness that he's looking for. The same can be said for our faith and the walk with God and the fight against darkness. Thankfully, we know how the story plays out in the end because God already gave us the end story. Until that day comes, though, it's going to get bad. It's going to get really bad. And my fear, my true fear, is that the church has done a poor job equipping their congregations in preparation for what's to come. We have to be ready. And that comes through preaching the gospel, 
That comes through studying scripture, and that comes through building a strong relationship with the Holy Spirit. Spiritual toughness. Having the faith to say, I believe that Christ is Lord and that he is born again and he is my Savior. But going beyond just saying the words, but then taking action. That's all I got for this evening. Thank you all. Hope you enjoy your evening. I know we covered some really intense stuff tonight. I definitely got a little bit passionate, but I think it's important that these things get discussed because they're not being discussed in our Bible studies or at church on Sundays. But these are the conversations that we need to be having. These are the ones that are challenging us to truly discover what we're actually doing here and what we're doing for the kingdom. So I appreciate you sticking around and hearing my thoughts and hearing my perspective and point of view. If you have questions or concerns, please reach out to me or leave comments, and I'd be happy to have a further discussion offline with you, and hopefully we can better understand what we're actually doing here, what the Bible's calling us to do, how we can build spiritual toughness, and how we can act upon what this Holy Spirit is calling us to be doing. Thank you, guys. Let me go ahead and close in prayer, and then we'll wrap up. Holy Spirit, we give it all to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we know that what you are doing here on this earth is beyond all of our comprehension. We have the capacity for courage and for fighting for the kingdom. It just needs to be ignited And only the Holy Spirit can ignite that. We need you, Father God. Keep peeling back the layers of our hearts and of our soul. Keep finding the things in our life that we're trying to keep hidden. Help reveal those things to us, Father, so that we can be better equipped to fight against an enemy who is going to be seeking out these weaknesses in our life. We thank you for putting the Table 71 in place and giving them that challenge to reach every unreached people group around the world so that they can all hear the word of God. Give us the courage and the strength to continue to hear what you have to say and to take action for your kingdom so that we cannot spend the next seven years of our life doing the same thing we've always been doing. I ask that you would would continue to challenge us in ways that would serve you and in ways that would help better understand the talents and the, the gifts that you have given us so that we can best serve the kingdom of God in the way that you have called us to, Lord. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Your name be praised. The Lord of heaven's armies, the King of glory, Yahweh. Amen. Amen.
Watchmen, thanks again for tuning into the broadcast. If you didn't hate it, go hit that subscribe button. You can check out our website at Peleus.com. That's Peleus, P-A-L-A-E-U-S.com. We'll see you next time. And remember, come one, come all. Together stand tall. For the Lord rejoices in uprightness.